Good morning, Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. We're going to get back to talking about actual spiders and husbandry and the good stuff and no more talking about books and, you know, crummy publications and bad information. We'll steer away from that for a while, keep it kind of positive. Uh, to kick this one off, I got a couple comments this week on videos that concerned me only because the, the people that came on were talking about the issue of spiders needing moisture or whatnot. And the first one I just dug through trying to find the comment. I thought I had marked down where it was. It's possible the person deleted it because sometimes people will post stuff on here. I will come up with these very long-winded responses to try to explain why I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying. And then they just turn around, delete the post, and it's all gone, which really irritates me because sometimes I, have some, I come up with, I think, some really good responses and I kind of want to save them for later on and they're gone. But anyway, one of them, somebody came on and basically said, why are you bothering to pour water in there? They don't need water. Just spray every once in a while. Then move on to the one I got this morning. This one was somebody asked, they have a P. Armenia, a Pampabedia species, Mashala, and a T. Stormy, and they're asking how you keep the humidity up or the cage from dry. Actually, they asked how to keep the cage from drying out, which was good. They weren't talking about humidity because I've gone, you know, over ad nauseum the fact that we don't shouldn't worry about specific humidity requirements. That's kind of a myth. And then I responded how I do it with, you know, deep substrate. You pour the water in. Everybody knows how to do it now. Anyway, someone comes on after me, and I love when we get dialogues going on my YouTube channel. Quite frankly, some of the best information comes out of the discussions and the dialogues over stuff that's mentioned in the video. I get information from that. I've mentioned this many times before that people will come on and give me tips or a discussion will come up that will give me a new thing to think about. Anyway, this guy comes on and says, basically, tarantulas will do just fine in dry enclosures. That whole humidity factor is a myth. Ugh. So... Here's the deal, and I want to for this episode, I want to talk less about humidity, more about we'll call them moisture dependent species, species that we feel through years of experimentation and keeping them in the hobby do require a certain level of moisture. And I've made it clear before that a lot of the species, and I'm gonna, I want, I want to make sure that nothing I say during this podcast is misconstrued. I find and have found in my keeping that a lot of species that we, you know, five, ten years ago considered to be moisture-dependent species actually do quite fine in dry enclosures. Now, does this mean it's wrong and that people that are keeping them moist should stop keeping them moist? No. And what I'm going to try to explain in this is the difference between one that requires it and one that needs it or one that might benefit from it or basically how do, how do you know when one might benefit from a moist patch? So... To kick it off, I, I did respond back to him, and I said, I agree that the whole humidity thing with tarantulas is, in fact, a myth. Like, we don't need to – I just had somebody email the other day asking me for a recommendation on a good humidity gauge to put in their enclosure, and he seemed aghast when I said I don't bother monitoring the humidity in my individual enclosures. I have a, thermost, uh, a thermometer and humidity – electronic thermometer and humidity gauge in my room that just kind of gives me a, a general idea of is the room warm? Is there enough humidity in there? Is it really dry? Because wintertime, when the furnace kicks on, things dry out a lot here. So I had to do some explaining that we don't worry about humidity. We look at species that need moisture or require moisture, in which case we work with moist substrate. So I did concede in my response. Yeah, I agree completely, 100%. Um, the humidity is a myth. Unfortunately, the original poster didn't say anything about humidity. and that, So now I'm kind of bothered because he's this individual has jumped in 
with just a very quick, you know, general statement and doesn't bother trying to explain anything. And again, we've talked about trolls before. I don't think this is a troll. I think this is probably a guy that keeps everything dry and really thinks that's the way to do it. Maybe he's had success with it. Who knows? But I do want this to turn into a dialogue. So I'm hoping he will come back so we can go back and forth. Because again, my original poster or the original person that posted something up here asking the question is now going to be confused because he's getting two opposing views. So Let's talk about when I first got into the hobby, I'm going to use uh, Pamphibedius or Formictopus for an example. When I was reading up on Formictopus, everything I read about them said they need to be kept moist. They need to be kept moist, moist tropical species. And that if you look at where they come from and the regions they come from, they should be species. It would appear that they are species that are going to require moisture, like you can't keep them dry. I will also do Lazyodora species, another one. When I first started looking at Lazyodora parahybana, everything I read, moist substrate, moist substrate, deep moist substrate. So when I first got into the hobby, I was very careful and quite frankly, probably overdid it while trying to keep these guys moist. And this is where the whole myth of high humidity can backfire because sometimes we spend so much time trying to keep them moist, we're, we're overdoing it. And I know with my LP, every time that I saw any dry spots on the substrate as a sling, I would pour more water in there. Same thing with my Formictopus. And then what happened is I started, as I got more into the hobby, you get more tarantulas. I think a lot of us, we, there's a, an upside to getting a lot of different species because what happens is you are less likely to obsess on the smaller collection. So if you've only got one or two, I, I have people that go nuts because they have one or two slings. They go into pre-molt, they're freaking out, they're pouring water in, they're opening up burrows. When you start getting more, the good aspect of that, the silver lining of starting to get a bunch of them is you you can't spend as much time. You have to kind of divert your attention to different species so you don't hyper fixate them. Because I do think sometimes when we just get in the hobby and I was absolutely guilty of this 100%. You get a couple slings, you're panicking that you're going to kill them, and you overdo it with everything. And that can create a hostile and dangerous environment for your animal. So I do think what happened is I started getting more species. I started being a little less careful as far as keeping the substrate moist. I started letting it dry out a little bit. Then I started reading things from other keepers. And I will say specifically with the Formictopus species, I spoke to a guy who had raised them for many, many years. He's like, listen, I know there's a lot out there that says they need to be kept moist. But he goes, I keep my slings moist, but the adults, unless I'm trying to breed them, I don't really worry about it. A water dish is fine. So as mine got older, what I would notice is that when I would take my thing, make it rain, squirt down the hole inside the enclosure, try to get it nice and wet and at least one end of the enclosure, they showed absolutely no preference with it. And I think that's something that we can all learn from as far as which species are moisture dependent and which aren't is which ones react to having moisture in there. Some you will add moisture and you will see an immediate response. So I talk about Afanapelma simani a lot because that was a species when I first got into the hobby in the 90s. When I first got my first tarantulas, I wasn't, I would not call myself a hobbyist at that point. Let me make that very, very clear. I had two at that point. It was mostly snakes. But when I first got into inverts and snakes and whatever, and I picked up my Asamani, everything I read about them said that they had to have moist substrate. So fast forward, I pick up a sub-adult one from a pet store, and I set it up in deep substrate, expect it to dig, and it didn't dig at first. So what I did was I moistened down the substrate, let it percolate down. Those bottom levels got really moist, and guess what she did? She immediately dug. Why did she dig? Well, the top was dry. She wanted to find that moist substrate down the bottom. 
Same thing happened when I rehoused her. I put her in something with, it was semi-damp cocoa fiber, but she was mostly sitting on the top corner underneath a cork bar. What I did was soak down, made it rain, poured the water down the side so it went down to the bottom, made a nice moist layer at the bottom. Within two days, once again, she had burrowed. That's evidence for me that the tarantula is seeking a moisture environment. We forget that sometimes that in the wild, even some of the ones, you know, the African species that are from really dry locales, they will burrow to get to the moisture level they need. The moisture, somebody told me, I, I can't remember, so please chime in and comment. Uh, somebody gave me the the fact that most burrows are around 65% humidity, no matter where you go on earth, the tarantula burrows. And that's an interesting thing because it means they do like a little bit of moisture in the air. Again, we're not going to get into the humidity factor, but we'll just call it moisture. They like the moisture level. I had an Afonapelma annex sling that... Basically, I put into the little vial. The vial was dry substrate, and it was just sitting on the top. Now, I'd moistened a little corner of the substrate, and it did seem to kind of like that little moist corner. So I started thinking to myself, why isn't this thing burrowing? Most of my Afonapelma species burrow. So what I did was take a little pipette and jammed it down the side and squirted some water down and moistened that lower layer. After sitting on the surface for about three weeks, the next day I came down, it had gone right down the hole I had created with the pipette and did a whole series of tunnels and stayed underneath with the moisture. That is a species that a lot of people would say, oh yeah, it gets really dry there, but seems at least as a sling to prefer moisture. And that's something that really scared me about this comment that all tarantulas do well dry. What about the slings? We know for a fact that physiologically slings don't have that waxy coating that helps them prevent them from dehydrating quickly. So are we going to keep all of our slings dry? That's going to end up in a lot of dry slings. And trust me, I have enough people that have tried this. I just had somebody email me, good dude who got into the hobby, jumped in the deep end, grabbed a bunch of slings and lost a bunch of them because he wasn't paying attention to the moisture level. And I, I feel terrible for the slings. I mean, a little more research would probably have helped, but he, he recognized the fact he screwed up. He tried to keep them dry and it didn't work out. So right off the bat, I would say right there is enough to make that statement not true. No, not all spiders can't live with no moisture. We know that to be a fact, especially if you're talking about smaller spiders or slings. They require moisture environments to basically make sure that they don't become desiccated or dried out and die. That's a fact. That's, you know, are there some species that do well or slings that do well in dry? Yep, we've talked about GBBs seem to be able to be kept bone dry from day one and do fine. That's one of the species that does okay. But that's kind of an anomaly. And even then, when I kept my GBBs as slings, uh, I would add a little moist spot just in case they just never seem to care. So I think we can toss out that all species are okay or all tarantulas can be kept dry. So let's talk about adult tarantulas then because we've already decided slings not the case however adult tarantulas are there some that seem to be moisture dependent or have been called moisture dependent that don't seem to require it yeah and that's something i've you know discovered when i'm in the hobby this is something i won't argue with people online when it comes up i will have some people that'll come on and go oh i keep this species you know i give it a moist spot i'm not going to argue that because again i think with the majority of tarantulas out there they're very adaptable and a moist spot isn't going to hurt them. And again, that falls under airing in the side of, on the side of caution. If I have a tarantula and I've heard it or I've done my research and it comes from, you know, a moist rainforest environment and I want to keep part of that substrate moist, that makes total sense to me. Whether it needs it or not, it's not harming anything. So sometimes people will come on, for example, my Fonapelma Samani videos, I keep mine moist. They'll come on and say, you know, the opposite. I keep mine dry. It's doing totally fine. Then by all means, proceed. I'm not telling you to change the way you're keeping. Again, this is comes down to tarantulas being a lot more adaptable than we give them credit for. 
That said, um, I do think there are some species that I, I wouldn't play around with as far as moisture levels. We'll get to that in a minute. But I do think there are, again, going back to those three genera I talked about before, Lasiodora, uh, Firmictopus, and the Pisolotheria species. These are species that traditionally, if you go back several years, people said had to be kept moist. They were considered moisture-dependent species. A lot of people talking about Pisolotheria because they do come from places where it can get very, very moist, require moist substrate at all times. And that's something I have found by talking to other keepers and through my own experiences is not necessarily the case. I found that all three of those species tend to do really well with water dishes. You know, with Pisolotheria, I will, I have a, a new spray bottle now that can really soak down the side of the enclosure and kind of make rain, and sometimes they'll drink off the side of the enclosure. I have caught them drinking out of the water dishes. I found my Pisolotheria rufalata the other day drinking out of its water dish. So these are species that do, you know, they need water, and I think that needs to be made very, very clear that all tarantulas will drink all tarantulas will drink from water dishes. They'll drink off the sides of enclosures. So I'm not even going to get into they don't need water argument. That, that one drives me absolutely nuts. But I have found that my species of Pisolotheria do very well when it dries out. Most of them come from regions that have very, very rainy periods. Many of them come from regions where it can get very hot and dry at the same time. So you have to look at that when you look at the climates. A lot of times, uh, climates. A lot of times, we look at just one aspect of it. So, for example, I think of the pisosmes. A lot of people talked about the fact that they need to be kept really moist because they go through places where they, they basically get so much rain, their burrows flood, and they have to web them up and whatnot. Well, if you do a little more digging, you find that they also have very dry areas there and very dry periods in which things dry out completely. So they're adaptable. So that's something that always needs to be taken into account. Now, with Pisolotheria species, is it wrong to moisten them down? No, and I still do it at time to time. Like right now, wintertime, I am moistening down the enclosures only because it, is, it can get so dry in my house that I do want them to have that ability to seek out a, a moist area of the enclosure. But during the summertime, I let them dry out completely, fall dry out completely, and in between in the wintertime, it dries out completely with keeping the water dishes full at all times. And mine have done fine, right through slings to adults. Now, slings I do keep moist to a certain point. But once they get to be juveniles, I'm not so obsessive over it. So that's something that I found in myself. And I know there was a guy who used to be on arachnoboards. It was a big pokey guy, kept a lot of pokies, and would always argue that they need to be kept moist, they need to be kept moist, they need to be kept moist. And I just, again, that works for him. And I've alluded to this many, many times. A lot of us have a problem in the hobby. I've been guilty of it myself. Something works for me. Therefore, that must be the right way or the only way. And that's not the case. He was moistening them down. I did find it odd because I found out he was from an area of Florida where the humidity got really high. So I'm guessing he probably had air conditioners running that were maybe drying the house out or whatever. But he did say that his tarantula room would get into the 80s, which would lead me to believe it was not air conditioned, which would lead me to believe that it was also very humid. So that could almost be overkill. And that's something we always forget about, that it can be seasonal when we moisten these guys out. In the summertime, I'm in a state where the humidity goes through the roof. We also often get days of 90-degree humidity. And in that case, I let my enclosures dry out. They don't need it any moist than it is. Many of them actually look stressed because it's too humid in the, the atmosphere. is too humid for them. So that's something to take into consideration as well as it's seasonal things can change from season to season. Upkeep can change from season to season. The need to moisten down an enclosure may depend on which season it is. Moving into the Lasiodora species, I had somebody come on to one of my videos the other day, and actually this was probably about a month ago, and was polite about it, and it, not being rude, but I, the guy basically came on and said, I'm kind of surprised you said to keep them dry. I've always kept all my Lasiodora species on moist substrate, and they do great. They thrive. 
And I thanked him and I said, yeah, I'm sure they do. And then I said, basically, well, I also keep mine on dry and they thrive. Um, so it, it, again, another very adaptable species. I've talked to more and more people as, as the hobby has moved on that keep their lazy adora dry when they get older. I do, I can say flat out, they don't show any preference or mine don't show any preference for moist corners once they get to be a certain size. When they're slings, they, they may appreciate, I had one of them that that's how I got it to burrow. I moistened the enclo- the substrate down. It burrowed down the moisture. That's something that's telling me it likes moisture. But as it got older, I would moisten down half the substrate. It wouldn't be on that half of the substrate. It wasn't hanging around the water dish. It didn't seem to require or want extra moisture in its environment. Do I still sometimes moisten it down in the winter? Yes, I do. And that's just a practice that I've gotten in the hang of when I feed them. And with my larger specimens, it's usually um, every two weeks now. But I do check water dishes every night. I'm in there with a flashlight, make sure everybody's got water and everything. But I feed them usually every two weeks. And that's when I will check water levels for the moisture-dependent species, make sure that the substrate is still moist. I will add some moisture in. And when I do that with my Lazyodora parahibana, my Lazyodora itabune, and that other Lazyodora mutt I have that I'm not sure what it is, they don't show any preference for it. Still, I do it just to make sure that if, God forbid, they decide, hey, I want a little little moisture in here, they have that spot. So that's a, a genus that I think over the years we've realized don't require that, which makes them, again, helps make them even better beginner species because the beginner doesn't have to worry about it. I've had people email me or message me, I'd really like to get an LP, but I've heard they have to keep them super moist and you have to worry about the humidity and I can kind of put their minds at ease by going, no, I've, I've raised five of these things now and that's not really going to be an issue for you. And then we have the genus Formictopus, probably my favorite terrestrial genus. Love these guys. Have, oh God, probably close to 20 of them, different colors and color morphs and supposed species, whatever. But this was one that when I got into the hobby, it was originally a turnoff to me because I saw some of them offered really cheap on Jamie's website. And I'm thinking, I'm going to pick some of these guys up. And then I read they were just big, ornery brown spiders. And then the fact that they were moisture dependent. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going through the bother of that for an angry spider. That wasn't my thing back then. I overlooked them and then I picked them up and I got those beautiful blue slings and I did set them up moisture like as a moisture dependent species keeping the moisture of the substrate moist or at least part of it moist at all times right up until the point where they hit like four and a half inches with these guys only took about a year but even then I was moistening the substrate moistening the substrate well come to find out after a little while I started letting it dry out a little bit in between I gave them nice big water dishes they would molt perfectly fine there was no issue again i looked for the spider to show me signs of whether it needed moisture or not when i would let the enclosure dry out there was no change of behavior when i'd moistened down a corner they didn't seem to care and then i spoke to a guy who had kept them for years who said yeah i know a lot of people say they're moisture dependent i found i can keep them dry when i'm breeding them there was something with the breeding where he'd make sure they got a rainy period to stimulate the breeding process but he said if you're not doing breeding they do just fine and now i've kept Oh gosh, uh, six different, seven different species or supposed species. These guys are a disaster, so who knows what I have. But none of them seem to have any issue when the enclosure dries out as long as they have a water dish. And I have caught them drinking before. So those are three species or uh, genera of tarantulas that when I got into the hobby and got really into the hobby and started picking these guys up, were thought to be moisture dependent that I have found through my own experiences are very adaptable. I don't see any issue once they hit a certain size with them being kept on the dry side. So are there, and I think, and again, I don't want this to turn into, and I want to make this very, very clear because when I say something, people tend to latch onto it and develop their own narrative around it. I am not saying we should let our tarantulas dry out. If you are keeping any of these species, Peace Lotharia, Lazyodora, 
for myctopus and you're keeping part of the substrate moist at all time, continue. I'm not telling you to stop. Again, I want to make it very clear that I moisten these guys down every once in a while too, but I'll also let it dry out in between. There's no issue. I want to make that very, very clear that I'm not telling people to keep their tarantulas dry. What I'm saying is we sometimes forget that even the ones that live in really moist areas will experience dry periods. And even some of the ones that don't experience dry periods can do just fine in a dry environment. Now, let's go on to another big tropical species, Pamphibedia, or genus Pamphibedius. These are guys that I am a little more uh, conscientious about keeping them moist and making sure that they have a moist area at all times. However, I've been talking to some keepers who have been doing this for a while lately, and many have mentioned the fact that they find that theirs do just fine on dry substrate with a water dish. Again, right in line with Firmictopus species that don't seem to necessarily require the moist substrate. Now, I will admit, I've been a little afraid to try this out. Again, these guys are usually not particularly cheap. I don't want to lose any animal, especially the dehydration. Let's make that very clear. And it's been said for so long that Pamphibedius are moisture-dependent species that I just don't feel comfortable letting them dry out. However, I will say I've noticed like with my Pamphibedius species Duran female, she's dried out, her enclosure's dried out a couple times. Again, still had a full water dish, but I've let the enclosure dry out. I've seen no issues whatsoever. She's gone along just fine. When she molted last, it was actually during a period where I had moistened out her enclosure like three weeks before, and it dried out quite a bit. She molted just fine. So this might be another genus of tarantula that later on down the road, people start realizing, you know what, don't worry as much about keeping them moist. And again, does it hurt to keep them moist? No. Is it prudent at this point to keep them moist? Yes, so I, I don't want this being misconstrued as me telling everybody, take your pamphos and keep them in dry substrate. Not at all. My main point is just that we're not sure. Sometimes we err on the side of caution. They come from tropical areas that would make sense. They would appreciate a humid environment or a moist environment, so we continue to do this. But what we're finding is more and more of these guys are very, these guys have been around for millions of years, tarantulas, and if they were that weak, they would not survive in these areas. You think about it. If you had ones that couldn't go in dry substrate and it, they go through a, a drought in their area, they'd be wiped out. So obviously, they're a little more resilient than that. And I think that's what we're finding with some of these. So pamphos, again, I don't – this morning I was doing feeding everything and I had my pamphobedius antinus female who that one is. She's – probably close to full grown now, probably pushing around eight inches or so. And I do give her a moist spot in the enclosure, but the majority of it is dry. She's got a big water dish and she does just fine. So that's probably the closest one I got as far as a pampo being kept on the drier end. She's, I basically moisten the substrate right around her den and then let it dry out in between. She's done great. My Pamphibedius species, Arania polito, I usually keep that one. She was smaller when I got her, but now that she's getting older, again, I keep the area around her burrow moist. She seems to appreciate that. We'll continue on with it. But again, I, they seem to be very, very adaptable. Uh, conversation not too long ago, actually maybe like middle of last year, we were talking about species that absolutely required moisture. And somebody came on one of my videos and said, I've kept Theraphosa sturmi for 10 years. And I've always kept the slings moist, and once they put on a certain amount of size, I keep the adults on dry substrate, good ventilation with a water dish. And that one shocked me a bit, because Theraphosa species are widely considered to be some of the most moisture-dependent species out there. And the fact that somebody was coming up saying that they have kept them for 10 years in a dry situation and hadn't had any issues was kind of mind-boggling to me. However, does it shock me? Not necessarily. Am I getting, again, disclaimer, I keep all of my Theraphosa species on moist substrate at all times. 
and I found they do very, very well. However, this isn't the only guy I've heard say this. Now, one thing we got to take into consideration, I don't know where this keeper was from. If he's from a place where the natural humidity in his home or in the area is high, then that wouldn't be such a big deal. For those of us who are keeping Theraphosa species in, like, say, New England or some of the places where it gets cold and the furnaces are running, that might not work for us because it, it literally, and, and again, I always point to this as kind of the example of how really dry homes can impact spiders. I'm sure a lot of you are sitting at homes right now where the heat is running and your skin, you can basically take your nails and, and write in your skin because it's so dry, your scalp's itching. You know, we just, we had it's funny because I teach and I have kids at school complaining that the heat's on and they're so itchy because they're so dry. That could have a negative impact on tarantulas. That's that's not just being from a dry climate. That's being very, very, I mean, I measured my house getting in the single digits as far as humidity. That's not a, that's not a good moisture level for anybody, including humans or pets. Pets will get really dry. It does impact us. So that needs to be taken in mind. So I don't know if the guys that are keeping Theraphosa dry are from areas like I know one of the guys was telling me he keeps all of his stuff dry I found out he was in the Philippines it can be very humid there so that wouldn't be an issue but here I definitely wouldn't endorse that uh, so but just shows you that people are experimenting with different things and are having success with setups that we would normally be horrified at like 10 years ago you said I, I have a t-stermy and I put it on dry substrate people would freak the heck out now you know what it's it's making a bit more sense However, I do feel like there are species that bottom line cannot be kept dry or we do not have any evidence to show that they can be kept dry without having negative consequences. So, for example, the Elviolosipes, what are they, the uh, Singapore Blues, I had somebody contact me, oh God, probably a year and a half ago saying that they thought that the majority of species of tarantulas could be kept dry and they were going to do an experiment where they picked up some juvenile Singapore Blues and they were going to keep them on dry substrate and mist and I immediately came back as you know polite as possible I don't think that's a very good idea for an experiment it's not going to go well this is a species that's widely thought to be very moisture dependent one of the few that people across the board keep moist and he's like no I have a theory that they're going to do just fine so he was keeping them at 80 degrees he was misting down the enclosure he hadn't put water dishes in and the last I had spoken to him, he didn't answer my last email because I came back and asked how it was going. But I believe he started off with eight, six or eight. He had already lost half of them. And it had been right around molt. They had fattened up and then right around molt time, they died. So that right there indicates something is horribly awry if you're losing half of in juveniles. Well started. These guys, I think, were like two and a half, three inches long or so. They should have been well started and on their way. If you're losing half of them, that kind of points to a bad situation. And if he's keeping them dry, they probably dehydrated. Again, I had somebody with C. lividums. Same thing. He had bought a, gotten a bunch of C. lividum slings. He said it was too much work to try to keep them all moist, so he was going to keep them dry. He had heard from, quote, unquote, an experienced keeper who had told them that was all a big myth. They don't need to be kept moist at all. They do well dry. Last I had heard from him, he had lost a bunch of those and, again, kind of lost touch with the guy, but it wasn't working well. So I do think there are species out there that, as far as we can tell so far, do require moisture. H. gigas, that's the one everybody wants to get because they have communal behavior, that there's videos of them out there 
hunting fish in bodies of water. People will try to set up uh, terrariums to give them a place to swim because they'll go and sit down in the bottom of water. Amazing creature. Obviously one that does not mind water and kind of seems to do very well in water. That's one that most people would concede needs to be kept moist. They dig in their natural environments. They dig deep tunnels. They're in a moist area. They have moisture in the tunnels. And that's one I would not let dry out. Now, I've noticed mine are very hardy overall. And maybe that's one down the road. People start letting dry out a little bit and find out they do fine, but not one I'd play around with. And then, of course, you know, your Theraphosis species. We mentioned the Sturmy. That's one I still wouldn't play around with as far as moisture, although I have found them to be very, very hardy spiders. Then, of course, we have the Theraphosa blondi, which has long been thought to be one of the most moisture-dependent species out there. Again, a lot of issues with molting and things drying out. However, I will point out, and, I, and again, I'm not telling people to keep these dry. I keep mine with an appropriate level of moisture with good ventilation. And that's something that always needs to be mentioned. I haven't said it too much in this one podcast at all. Ventilation is also key. You can continue to add water to it. You need good ventilation. You don't want to create a stagnant enclosure. However, the T. Blondie had a horrible reputation several years ago about for being terribly difficult to keep. They're supposedly required, I believe, in the Tarantula Keeper's Guide, he referred to them as swamp dwellers. Very unfortunate phrasing there and would talk people would talk about restricting ventilation to make sure that they were kept nice and humid i've read care sheets that say they have to be kept at 90 percent humidity or they will die i have a funny feeling and this isn't just my feeling i've talked to many people many people now believe this so i don't want to make it like i just came up with this on my own it's not my original thought but a lot of people now believe that one of the issues we had with keeping them and why we were getting so many fatalities was because they were kept in swamp lake conditions. They were kept in stuffy death trap enclosures where people just kept pouring water in, let all that fester, and didn't have any ventilation. Now people are starting to realize that maybe they weren't quite as fragile as we thought and not quite as moisture dependent as we thought. That good, you know, again, it comes down to giving them enough deep substrate with moisture in it, moist substrate, so that they can dig, find their own moisture level. And then good ventilation. So a lot of people think now that the reputation this spider had for being very difficult to keep, basically due to the moisture levels it needed, is completely a fallacy. It was more down to the fact that people weren't keeping it correctly because they were keeping it too moist. And again, I go back to one of my original points in this podcast about how we overfixate on things at times and we get too much overboard trying to match these bizarre humidity requirements we read and in which case we think we're doing better for the spider and we're actually creating a bad environment a dangerous unhealthy environment for the spider so a lot of people now feel that with the blondie now not to say they don't require moisture i just i keep having to reiterate that because somebody's going to just listen to part of this and go tom rance everything can be kept dry not at all mine are all right now the majority of their enclosure has moist substrate in it they have big water dishes I'm not playing with that, but there's also a lot of ventilation. I have to re-moisten it quite a bit because some of that stuff is evaporating. I think anytime we take an enclosure, pour a bunch of water in with dirt, cover it up and leave no ventilation, that's just a breeding ground for bacteria, fungi, mold. It's just going to be a terrible situation for a spider to be in. And folks who, you know, obsess over keeping these super moist and pouring water in constantly and putting saran wrap over the, your vent holes to prevent anything from evaporate are probably creating a death trap environment for the spider. So that's very important to think about. So I think what comes out of this is flat out, I am not, I don't agree with this comment whatsoever. All spiders can be kept dry. No, I would need to see a lot more proof of that. 
I don't think it takes into account local weather conditions. So, for example, I may be keeping a tea stormy in Connecticut right now where the weather is 30 degrees outside. My air is all dried out from the furnace running and it's very low humidity where somebody else might be saying, well, I keep mine dry and they're in the Philippines where the humidity is currently 85, 90% and they don't really need the extra humidity. That's never put into play. So there are too many factors involved that we'd have to consider before we'd say they can all be kept dry. Do I concede that some of the species out there that were originally thought to be moisture dependent probably don't require the moisture? Yeah, I've seen it in my own collection. I think other people have probably seen it as well. You know, look up old care guides and actually some new care guides on Brachy Palma alba pelosum. Some of them talk about how they need high humidity. They don't do well in dry enclosures. I have found that some of mine actually like a moist corner. They like to do a little burrowing in the moisture. That's great. I have two other ones that don't care one bit about the moisture. They do perfectly well dry. If I do a moist corner in there, they don't go near it. They don't dig in it. It seems to vary from specimen to specimen, but I haven't found any signs that they absolutely need moisture. So again, that's one of the species people come on. I'll say I keep some of mine dry, and they're like, oh my gosh, I keep all of mine moist, and they do super well. That's great, and I'm not telling you to let them dry out. I'm just telling you with mine, they're doing well. Dry, I've obviously, anything I keep dry my experience in watching them and observing them has led me to not keeping it moist anymore. I don't just suddenly go one day, hey, I'm going to try to keep this one dry. I observe, I see, are they hovering around the water dish when it gets dry? When I moisten down part of the substrate, do they tend to linger around that? That's a good telltale sign. If not, then I start to assume, you know what, they don't really care either way. And even with some of those, again, I do just to err on the side of the caution, keep a moist corner. Also, I do think it's important that when you're trying to set up a tarantula that you should look at what the weather is and the climate is for where it comes from. That's just a smart move. I've done it with mine, especially when I'm keeping new species. And it makes sense that if you find something comes from a tropical region to start it off with moist substrate and see how it goes. And I don't think there's any harm to moistening down substrate for some of the species that are kind of iffy as far as do they need it or not. So the B. alpopolisms, the Lasiodora species, the Formictibus species, the Pisolotheria species, all the ones that we've seen some evidence that they don't necessarily need moist. Does it hurt the moisten it? Well, if your humidity isn't in the 90s, I would say, no, it doesn't hurt at all. It's a good move, especially in the wintertime. So I, again, I just, I did this podcast more as, I think it's a topic that gets brought up quite a bit. I get a lot of questions about humidity. I got one the other day where I said not to worry about humidity, and some guy reamed me out up and down about how I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to have a bunch of dead spiders if I keep them all dry, and that wasn't what I meant at all. I had to go back and explain, no, 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 no. I just don't measure the humidity. I don't worry that it's 75% humidity in one enclosure. What I do is give moist substrate, and they do just fine with that. So I wanted to make that clear, but twice in two weeks now I've gotten comments about keeping them dry and that's a little scary I don't think we can make blanket statements like that that all tarantula species do well dry he didn't even say do well dry with water dishes he didn't say do well dry with constant spraying or misting which you know again I'm not dead set against misting things but I do think you need if you're going to miss you should have a water dish in there if possible as well so I, I don't agree with a statement like that we do not have enough proof that some of these moisture dependent one, C. lividum, uh, L. velocipes, the Theraphosa species. We've seen a lot of evidence that those require moisture. We've even talking about P. muticus. I've, a lot of people talk about P. muticus come from very dry regions. The general consensus is now that they dig down low enough that they have quite a bit of moisture where they are living in their dens. So what's happening is people are setting up these big thick, and I've done it myself, these big deep 
uh, bins of substrate, giving them, you know, seven, eight inches for a little juvenile to dig in and keeping it bone dry. And the juvenile goes all the way down the bottom and you get a lot of instances of them dying from dehydration because there's no moisture down there. So that's even a species that seems to appreciate a little moisture, even though over the years, people have told us that, you know, they don't, they come from dry areas. You got it. That burrow factor, you have to take into consideration that burrow factor that a lot of these guys, yes, they may be from a very dry area, but they're going to dig down and they're going to find some moisture. Some of them may be in really moist areas, but they're digging down. They're finding actually cooler climates. So, you know, they're going down into those tunnels. It's going to be much cooler down there and maybe less humidity than they have on the outside. That's something that has to be taken into consideration. So do all spiders or all tarantulas or can you keep all tarantulas dry with just water dishes or just dry? The, the comment was just dry. Did you mention that? I would say wholeheartedly, no, we're not playing with that right now. Slings, definitely the majority of slings require moisture. Don't let the slings dry out. That's my best advice I can give you if you keep in slings. Don't keep them overly moist. Make sure you have, and again, ventilation is key, good ventilation, but make sure those they're kept moist until they get a certain size at least. Do some species seem to do well in dry climate or dry conditions, even though they are from moisture climates? Yes, they do. But I do think that there are species out there that would just, it would not make sense at this point. We don't have enough information to tell us that they can do well in dry situations. And the idea of keeping is to give the spider, you know, its optimal condition, the best conditions we can give it to eat and grow and thrive and be comfortable and not be stressed. So we don't want to start playing around with stuff like that with every, with all the different species. A comment like that made on, you know, a thread where people could see it and misconstrue it. And the thing that bothered me again was that the guy was asking me on my, were asking on my, one of my videos. So with this guy coming on and basically contradicting what I said, which was to give him my substrate and saying it could be all dry. That's damaging as far as I'm concerned. Now you're contradicting me when I'm trying to give this guy advice. And I don't agree with what you're saying. If he came on with something, I went, Hmm, you know, that's a really good point. Then there could be a discussion about it, but this just doesn't work for me. This is a dangerous thing. And unfortunately, and I, I again, I, it's, it's just the honest truth, there are lazy keepers out there. There are people that have told me, I don't give water dishes because it takes too much time. I don't have time for that. I don't give moist substrate because it's too much of a pain. That's not what keeping's about. Keeping's about you know observing your spiders, doing your doing your research, finding out what they need, looking up what they where they live and what the climate is, talking to people that actually keep them, and not just going on to some you know FAQ you found somewhere or some care sheet that you found somewhere and taking that as like this is the the holy word of tarantulas. It doesn't work that way. You got to do your research and then you got to observe. Don't be lazy about it. If you do something and set something up and it doesn't, you're just getting a bad vibe off of it, go with that instinct. Do some more questioning. Ask some people. So, you know, say, hey, I see this. Don't be afraid to put it out there. Feel free to email me. I'm not going to judge. I've heard some wonky stuff. I don't judge because I get that people see stuff and they want somebody to kind of, you know, either tell them it's okay or to clarify if it's not okay. That's how the hobby should work and we need to be able to go out there and ask questions and whatnot but it always scares me when somebody puts out something like this and you know this blanket statement comment everything needs to be kept dry because somebody's going to latch on to that and again i pointed there are lazy keepers out there that are going to read that and go oh good i don't have to bother keeping these guys moist this is kind of a pain in the butt and this is already an easy enough hobby it honestly doesn't require a lot of work to keep these guys healthy so it really kind of worries me when people find even more ways to cut corners like for crying out loud a dog and cat you got to feed constantly these guys, most of them once, sometimes every other week, and they're perfectly fine. If you can't handle that, you probably shouldn't be in the hobby. So, again, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Every once in a while, something comes up on my comments, and it, it's not just a small – like some of these things I can just answer real quick. 
And it's just for the individual, it's important for that individual to get the answer, but other people might not necessarily benefit. I thought this is one that people could benefit from because it is something that comes up quite a bit. I'm sure that we're going to have some comments on the Facebook, when I post this up on Facebook, of people commenting on species that they still, and I would like to hear, which species do you still keep moist? Which species are not kept moist? Which species do you feel are actually the real moisture-dependent species. I'd love to hear people chime in with what they keep. And again, it might not be what I'm doing, and I'd love to hear it. So that'll about do it for this one. Again, if you haven't found my website, it's thomasbigspiders.com. And I've also had a lot of people coming over to the YouTube channel from the podcast, which is really cool because for the longest time it was vice versa. But you can find me on Tom's Big Spiders or just look up Tom Moran on YouTube, and I have a lot of videos and stuff. So for people that want to see something, you know, a lot of rehousings, husbandry videos, you actually get to see the spiders. So if you're more of a visual person, you might appreciate that. And again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys all next time.